Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, friends. This is Paul Hudrick, community producer for Liberty Ballers, and I'm here to take you on the beat with the Sixers. As we know, the Sixers are getting set to travel to Miami to take on the Miami Heat for Game 1 Monday night. Our old friend Jimmy Butler should be a really interesting one. No Kyle Lowry for the Heat, and of course, no Joel Embiid for the Sixers, who is out. The news coming down Friday with the fractured orbital bone and a concussion. We get some positive news, a glimmer of hope on Sunday uh, with Adrian Wojnarowski tweeting out that Joel Embiid, there is optimism that he could be available for Game 3 or 4 back in Philadelphia, which would obviously, could potentially change the entire complexion of the series, depending on what what happens in Games uh, 1 and 2 without him. Speaking of which, because I don't want to get too much into the Embiid stuff, we've kind of already covered that, a lot of ground with that, and we already know this is where we are. Um, Might come back for Game 3 or 4 for now. Sixers just have to bide their time, and... You know, there are worse ways to go about that than to put the ball in the hands of a former MVP and a top 75 player of all time in James Harden. And that seemed to be really the focus the last two days when when the Sixers practiced in Camden, you know, from Doc Rivers and, and from the team is this is James Harden's time. And this it's not like you're handing the ball over with all due respect to Tyrese Maxey, who is a star in the making and a great young player. But he's not James Harden. You're handing the ball off to a guy who, again, has won an MVP, who has won a scoring title, who has led the league in assists, who is one of the greatest offensive players in NBA history. So not a bad backup option with Joel Embiid out of the lineup. And I thought, you know, Doc's comments were really interesting. The the first thing he said on Saturday was about, you know, basically the team tailoring their game plan without Joel Embiid. You have to tailor your game plan around James Harden. And with that, that's going to mean some more tempo, some more transition stuff. So you're going to have to get some stops, which is going to be harder without Joel Embiid, um, in order for James to find, you know, Tyrese Maxey, uh, Tobias Harris in transition, getting, you know, hitting Danny Green for those late kind of transition threes. Paul Reed potentially, uh, question mark, running the floor um, uh, and being the guy that maybe James finds in transition for some lobs and some quick offense there. And it was, you know, and, and the biggest thing, too, is they're going to have to space the floor. So expect a lot of George Niang and expect a guy like Shake Milton, who has actually, you know, had his arguably his best game of the season against Miami this year, really going at Tyler Hero in that game that the Sixers won in Philly without Joel Embiid and James Harden. As much as maybe, you know, you, we know Shake has the ability. This might be more of a series where Shake has to be more of a spot up shooter, or just be ready to go ready to fire off of James. So I thought that was really interesting. And, you know, James today spoke on Sunday. He he talked about the difference is he just has to be more aggressive as a scorer. You know, in the Toronto series, and really since he's gotten here, he's looked more to be a facilitator, but that's mostly because He's playing with Joel Embiid. Like, he, he, I give James Harden a lot of credit for this. And sure, I, I think 
we can all agree that he's hampered, uh, probably most likely by that hamstring. It's still probably lingering a bit. But give him credit that when he got here, he knew this. He knew the deal. Like Joel Embiid is arguably the MVP of this league. He won a scoring title, the first center to do that since Shaq. One of the most dominant presences in the entire NBA. So. When James got here, he knew. He knew that he was going to have to defer to Joel, and his job was to kind of be more of the point guard. And I think, for the most part, James did a really excellent job with that. But it's clear, you know, you're going to have to play two games in Miami without Joel and B. James Harden is going to have to be more of a scorer. And I thought Sunday he sounded really confident. Um, he, He sounded, you know, not that James Harden has ever lacked for confidence, but he sounded like he was really ready to fill that role. And, you know, some of the comments he made for Sunday, we're going to play for you right here. At this point, man, it's a sacrifice. Yeah, I've, been, I've been scoring it without score 30. Some of them lose, some will say. Uh, score 19, and we win, it's something to say. So, at this point, I'll just do whatever it takes to win the game. Uh, you know, sacrificing, I'm the ultimate team player. Like, whatever. So now, Joe's out, and I'll be more aggressive and score the basketball and get to the basket and make our decision. So you hear it from Harden. And I think that is somewhat reassuring because I don't think he's necessarily said that when Joel Embiid has been in the lineup. This is a clear indication of, yeah, I have to be more aggressive. I have to be a scorer. He did also talk a lot about Tyrese Maxey, and Doc Rivers has talked about that. I actually asked Doc on Sunday about it, you know, specifically. like he, Doc has mentioned multiple times that he's had to remind Maxey you belong here. You know, you're you're on this stage for a reason. You've had monster games in the playoffs because you belong here, because you are this good of a player. And I kind of asked Doc, like, is that kind of his next, the next, you know, evolution for him is that he has to go from, you know, having these moments where he can be great to where he consistently knows and can be great. And I thought it was interesting. Doc talked about the idea of with great players, you don't, great players don't need offense call for them. They find the offense. And at times Tyrese maybe didn't do that against Toronto. And uh, I thought Doc's answer was really good. So I'm going to let Doc take it away here. Probably consistently, you know, um, you know, there's times in the Toronto series, he like was floating away, you know, and, and we would have to run something. And, you know, after the game, you would tell him, I should never have to run something to get you involved. Um, every great player, you can put him on any team. You don't have to run one set. He's going to end up with the ball 20 times. He just is going to go get it. He's going to find his way, and that's his next step. You hear that from Doc, and, you know, with Tyrese, I think we all seem to forget he's so young because he, he's, he's had these brilliant flashes. Obviously, games one and two and six, he was tremendous. He took over game one and game six in the third quarter both times because he was so aggressive, because he was looking for a shot, because the Sixers did not need to call plays for him. He created his own offense and went to work. And they're going to need it, especially in one and two without Joel Embiid. They are going to need it. They're going to need the most aggressive version of Tyrese Maxey possible. And I'm really interested to see from the Miami uh, side of things, how they defend Tyrese Maxey, because Toronto had a lot of trouble containing his speed. And I look up and down at this Heat roster, and they have a lot of really, really good players. And they're a great defensive team. They switch everything. I take nothing away from them and how good they are and how creative Eric Spolstra is with schemes and all that. You can't scheme for that speed sometimes. And 
in a one-on-one matchup, you have Kyle Lowry, who I already mentioned off the top, is going to miss game one. Even when he comes back, that that's a hamstring in- issue. And he's not the youngest guy. This is a guy in his late 30s playing with a bum hamstring. That's not going to be an easy task for him. If it's Max Struess, you know, Max Struess, I'm sorry. Again, a, a really good player for them who I, you know, has really played a huge pivotal role for them this season, but I can't see him staying with Tyrese Maxey on the perimeter. Jimmy Butler, for as good as he is defensively, same. I, I don't think he's got the speed to, to stay with the Tyrese Maxey. And with how well Maxey has shot the basketball, it's that your best decision still might be to let him shoot that three. But with how well he shot it, that's not necessarily a great strategy either. So, I mean, he's, again... The evolution of Maxi we've seen, you know, we really see it's really tough for defenses to stop him when he's, you know, he's shooting at such a high level. He's so fast, so if you go for the closeout too quick, he's going to blow by you. His finishing has just continued to get better and better. And this year, the one thing that happened, you know, the blessing in disguise with the Ben Simmons situation, Maxi became a better passer. And I thought that was huge. That was a huge part of, of what made him better this year. And so now, again, when you have those over-aggressive closeouts and he drives, you don't just have to worry about him scoring. You have to worry about him finding Danny Green in the opposite corner, finding Tobias Harris in the wing, uh, finding Paul Reed for a small drop-off or a lob. So Tyrese Maxey is such a difficult guard, and the sooner he realizes that, uh, the sooner he will become that star player. And I think he is – it is a matter of when, not if, with Tyrese Maxey. He is – going to be good for such a long time um speaking of the toronto series and, and you know how good maxi was for stretches tobias harris was really good throughout i, I mean it, he was their most consistent player doc called him the mvp of that series i tend to give that <laughs> distinction to Joel and Bede, but i get where doc's coming from i get the sentiment that with tobias like tobias was great in that series he really was he did so well guarding siakam he did so well on switches when he had to handle gary Trent jr or fred van vliet whoever it was he was excellent and then i thought offensively he filled a perfect role he shot the ball when he was open he had some quick decisions and good line drives he, he got out in transition as well which he is um, probably an underrated transition player. I think that's why he was so good next to Ben Simmons when Ben was here, is Tobias is an outstanding transition player. So more of that, I think, could be on the menu with Joel Embiid out and with James Harden running things. But the the most interesting comments I think Doc had were about Tobias and him defensively when we, you know, when he was asked on Saturday, he talked about that he felt comfortable with Tobias guarding Jimmy Butler, which I think he's going to see a lot of Jimmy Butler. He felt comfortable with him seeing Kyle Lowry. He felt comfortable with him seeing Bam Adebayo. And I thought that's really interesting that Doc, one, trusts Tobias and Tobias' versatility to guard those three very different players. And I thought it was interesting, too, that he said he could guard Bam. I followed up and asked, do you feel comfortable with Tobias playing the five? And, you know, if that's the case, if you feel comfortable with him guarding Bam, do you feel comfortable with Tobias kind of playing the five, especially without Joel? And his answer was... Basically, I don't feel uncomfortable doing that, but I don't want to do it. Um, so we'll have to see if that's a thing that plays out. But I thought Doc, again, really effusive in his praise of Tobias and just his role. And again, Sunday elaborated more on that and, and defensively and how, you know, the physicality of the playoffs. And I think that's what stood out to me is Tobias's experience here 
you know, the last, you know, because before he got here, he didn't, he, I think he had one playoff series that ever played it and his team got swept in Detroit. So now that he's here, he's, you know, he's played all of these playoff games. And I don't think that could be overlooked because I thought in that Toronto series, he looked like he was more physically imposing than anyone on the Toronto roster on the Toronto roster. And they weren't really ready for it. Now we know the Miami heat will very much be ready for it, but I just think that physical element it is so crucial for him, and it, it's such a big part of it. And I, I thought Doc's answer was really good and really detailed about what Tobias is bringing to the table. So I'll let you uh, let Doc take it away on that one as well. Like if you just watch the games, the playoffs, it's the winning plays that win, like the extra pass, um, you know, the, the right cut at the right time, the right pick, um, and, and because it's the playoffs. You have one day, two days, three days. You play the team once, twice. So the execution should be more on point than even in the regular season because you know what they're doing. And, and so, like, Tobias made, you know, we, we count them so many different winning plays where he caught the ball and drove it and passed it, where he pinned in a guy, his pick on Joel, uh, for that game when he shot. That was a bone-crushing pick. Uh, but the timing of it was the exact time. I mean, those are winning plays, and our guys are starting to uh, talk about it, so it starts to manifest, and I think that's very important. All right, game game one, Monday night in Miami. No Joel Embiid, no Kyle Lowry. Can the Sixers steal a game in Miami? If they do, if they steal a game Monday or steal a game Wednesday, if they get Joel Embiid back on Friday you know, the return of the fandom of the process, I'm assuming he's going to have to wear a mask. That series is going to be really interesting if the Sixers can find a way to steal one on the road. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a really difficult test. This is a very, very, very deep Miami team. And yes, they'll be missing Kyle Lowry. But all of a sudden, you got Victor Dolladipo waiting in the wings. You have really talented players that can fill in those gaps um, and really take over. So... Fasten your seatbelts. I think this is going to be one hell of a series. You know, it's tough not having Joel and be there for the first couple games, and we'll see how that goes. But it's going to be really fascinating to see how this unfolds, see how the matchups go, see the the you know the, the Doc Rivers versus Eric Spolstra matchup, and the adjustments that are made throughout. I'm looking forward to it. And I, I am Paul Hudrick. I am the community producer for Liberty Bars, and this has been on the beat. And we will talk to you guys later on down the road.